0: Hey guys, it's Ben. Thank you for checking out this message. If you want to hear more messages from Catalyst Church, just search Catalyst Church of Carrollton on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We hope this message speaks to you, encourages you. We hope it builds your life. We hope it builds you. We are for you. The best is yet to come. And if you want to give or donate to what God's doing here at Catalyst Church, you can go to IamCatalyst.net slash donate. The best is yet to come. We love you guys. You know, there's some people in like, you life you dodge the aisles of Walmart because you don't want to see them. You don't want to talk to them, they talk too much, they you don't like what they talk about, and I know I'm probably that for some people, but you are not that for me. Say so you never say it. it's good to see you. Yeah. And if you just lie, I hope God changes your heart today. I gotta epidural. I get to baptize a bunch of folks next week just in time. I'm excited. I love what God is doing here. Tell your neighbor one more time. Say so it's good to see you. Yeah. Online, oh, we welcome you. I am glad you're here. I hope you feel the love of God wherever you are, whether you're falling, breaking it, or you're you just scared and anxious at home. We love you, don't we, CC? Yeah. I want to take you to John uh, chapter 14, excuse me, chapter 13. Rewind that. I don't do numbers well. What I'm about to preach on, Denise. Who so you just saw, is that girl not what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Woo. Is she not what you want to be right now? Yeah. Like she is,
1: I'm
0: telling you, giving hearts is an answer to prayer. They are doing we have been praying for more and more ministry. We're jumping here in the weekend, they're a big part of it. That girl is amazing and she goes hard in the paint because I see her here. I want to be like her. And everything I'm about to preach on today, she is an example, of the epitome of because we have one of the wealthiest counties in the southeast and still one of the biggest hunger problems. And in the words of James, that should not be so, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. I want to take you to John chapter 13. Can we say this together? Say, I'm ready to open God's word
1: word.
0: and be open open. by God's word. word. Now say it like you really want to receive something today and really want it online. You can drop a comment and pull the the rest of the way. Say, I'm ready to open God's word word. and be open open. by by God's word. Starting at verse one, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. In other words, it was go time, it was the cross, it was the main event. You got some big events in your life, you got some big situations that a lot rest on your decisions right this moment. Tomorrow rests on your peace and clarity and the godliness of the character that you handle how you handle it today. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Tell your neighbor, say, God loves you that much. You. Tell your other neighbor that you just ignored, say, God loves you that much. You. Now, speak it over yourself louder than you just just it over everybody else because it's a lot easier to speak it over other people and not yourself. Say, he loves me that much. He loves me. You better yell it. Say, he loves me that much. To the end. He said, I will be with you until the ends of the earth. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus got betrayed and hurt by people. You will, too. You can't hide from it. You can't save yourself from it, but you can handle it like he handled it. How did he handle it? It said Jesus knew. He didn't just believe it. He didn't just pray for it. He didn't hope for it and wish it would happen one day in heaven and he was going to suffer the rest of his life. Until then, no, it said Jesus knew it. He believed it. He didn't preach about it, post-scripture about it. it. was He knew the authority had been given to him and had this, every bit of that. God in the scripture says it's been given to every one of us. Do you believe it? Jesus knew that the, He knew it. He knew the father and put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill. The move he was about to make was made in faith. Not in feelings, not in emotions, not in circumstances. It was made out of a place of love and authority and true faith. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around and skip to verse 12. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've done for you? Y'all have church. I'm big on whys. If you know one thing about the transitions that we have made in this church, a lot of things that we're doing have done differently and will continue to change up. I am big on whys. When our staff, our leaders don't give you a why for a what, I get upset about it. Every expectation, you have a right to know the reason so that you can decide what if the why is worth the what. And Jesus right here. Do you understand what I just did? Do you understand why this is the way you're going to live your life if you truly love me and want to follow me? He said, here's the why. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. He wasn't just talking about literal feet washing. He was talking about our lifestyle. I have set you. instead of every other month feet washing like a primitive Baptist. That's all good. But how do you handle this Monday when, when your manager don't like you and your wife doesn't like you and nobody likes you and you don't like anybody else either? I have set you an example. What I did today, I set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. In other words, you're going to deal with the same crap he dealt with, and this is the way you deal with that crap. Love. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. Yell yeah. Yeah, and say your neighbor, say, yeah! You will be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, you will be blessed. Yeah! yeah. yeah. chapter. Jesus tells them after this teaching, you should love others as I have loved you. Loving God and loving your neighbors yourself, that's Old Testament. Jesus up the game and said, love others as I have loved you. Do as I have done three things last forever, only three, not your anxiety, not your stress, not your trauma and insecurities, not what they do to you today, not this season, last season, 10 seasons, your whole life, three things will last forever, the most important things that we can ever have and will ever have, he says, faith, hope, and love, Paul said, the greatest of these between faith, hope, and love is love. To find one characteristic that defines him, God is love. And what is missing in our families and in our churches? What is missing in every one of us? And point your fingers to yourself right now. Say, me. And why we want to look at everybody else's mirror and everybody else's doorstep is because we are missing love. The greatest ingredient. The only thing that holds the world together. The only thing that will heal the last three years in your entire life and what people have done. And while there's people standing right here that after worship, you still don't feel nothing. You don't believe nothing. is because you were missing love. So I want to preach the one thing that matters more than anything. The theology, what you believe, what you brought in here, what you think you are and aren't. The one thing. I want to preach a message today entitled, Lean. And to love. It is the only way, Lord, right now, I ask your, not just your presence, but your love to permeate this place, to pour out over every life, over every story, over every star, over every open womb. May your perspective, may it penetrate, may it challenge, may it encourage, may it open us up to everything you want for us. The only thing that will last forever, the greatest that will last forever love. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're seated, tell everybody around you, say "Lean in." We love you, man. We love you. More than anything, Jesus loves you. Amen. He loves you. I will disappoint you. I can preach, if I preach the best message today, next week, that I've been preaching my life, I will disappoint you, but his love will not. Is all that matters, God's love, not your interpretation of what that is, the reality of what that is. Jesus was about to face the most traumatic moment of his entire life and honestly eternity. He was sweating drops of blood a day later and he's literally carrying this and, and it says that he knew that authority, he knew that whatever happened, his heavenly daddy had happened. And because he operated out of that type of faith, the Bible says he got up. He got up and he turned from the table. He did not react. He did not overreact. He did not. He, he did not react. He didn't act a fool. He set an example. He set a precedent. He said, "Do this. This is the way you handle yourself. What I'm about to tell you and what I'm about to do, this is love. This is authority. This is what it looked like." And he began to wash their feet. What you need to know about feet washing is feet washing was beneath the slave in that time period. It's funny because the Apostle Paul says about Jesus. It says that he took when Jesus came. It says he took the form of a slave. Some, interpretation, some translations say servant. No, it says slave. God came down and became a slave. And so, washing feet, slaves usually didn't even have to wash their master's feet. Yet, the Bible says authority had been given over him. He could do whatever he wanted. His father trusted him to take of business. You know what he did with that type of trust and faith? He turned and he washed Judas' feet. Judas was about to betray him. Before he set boundaries with Judas, he washed his feet. Wow. He did everything he could do to do right by this man. He didn't. A lot of times when we're about to set boundaries with people, we want to hurt them. We want to mess them up. We want to cancel them. We want to ruin their reputation. we got a plan to sabotage. do about it, yet Jesus, when he operated in love, he turned to a man that was going to be the reason that he got put on the cross, who manipulated the whole situation to try to force Jesus to fight, because he wanted Jesus to take over, and Jesus was like, that ain't the plan, and he turned to this man that was about to stab him in the back, and he watched his feet before he said, go and do what you must do, and do it quickly, this is love, tell somebody, say, we are in." Yeah. Lean in. He washed his feet, and then he turns to his disciples, and he says, do as I have done. This is the way you live your life. This wasn't just one moment where he says, go wash somebody's feet every time or gets it. He said, this is the way you live your life if you truly believe what you say you do. If you truly trust me in everything, he said, do as I have done, lean in to love. And I want you to see today that Jesus lived his entire life and ministry this way. This is it. He tell somebody say, Lean in. Tell your neighbor, say, you gotta lean in. You can love God, you can check all you can check all the boxes, you can come to church, you can do all the things, you can jump through the hoops, you can dot your eyes and cross your T's, whatever you want to do. But if you don't love, as Paul said, he said, Without love, I am nothing. And I want you to see it today. I want you to see it. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this himself. He says, if you love only the people who love you, you will get no reward. There's no reward in that. There's not even that much love. It's easy to love people who respect you and then and, and you benefit from and they can promote you. The ones that like you. That don't know no, where you've been called you fine and sexy and how awesome you are and you're so smart and pretty. That's easy. Jesus said everybody does that. He says, even the tax collectors do that. Everybody. Tax collectors, by the way, weren't like the IRS. They were like pimps. Like it was that bad. Like families starved to death because of the crooked business of tax collectors. By the way, Jesus chose a tax collector to be his disciple. He wrote the book of Matthew. and Leave by Not Change. Love changed him. Love changes everything. God's love, not our interpretation and idea of it, the reality of it. Even the tax collectors do that. He said, and if you were only nice to your friends, if you're only nice to the people that are easy to be nice to, the people that are safe in your life, he says, you are no better than, than other people. Even those, he says, watch this, even those that don't know God, that don't believe in God, are nice to their friends. to be nice to, to the ones that promote you. W- what about the people that won't promote you? What about the people that can't repay you? Denise works ridiculous amounts of hours at this church for people who will not be able to repay her. She fights hard for donations, just like we do, to do ministry for people because she can't. What, what about the people? Who can, what about the people that post nasty comments about you on social media? What about the people that reject you and won't receive from you, that don't take you seriously, that don't believe in you? I don't care if they're family, friends, if they barely know you, and they still think they know you and sum you up. What about them? Do you respect? Are you respectful? Are you respectable? Are you reasonable to them? Do you consider those type of people? Do you consider their story, their situation, their background, their understanding? Or are you more concerned about being right and putting them in their place? Because Jesus said, true authority is getting up from the table, not to prove a point, but to watch feet, to love, to know that God will take care of you, and that you're as undeserving of that love as they are, but you got it and you you need to be grateful for it. See, I'm not talking about the appearance of love today, because Jesus told the religious people of his day, about the appearance of love, he said, "You were like whitewashed tombs. You make it look pretty, man. They're real pretty. It's all pretty." He said, "But within, within those, within, within that tomb there's still that man's bones. See, your house may be clean and in order, and you can, and it smells delicious in the house. You can lick the table, and it tastes better than some people's dinner because they suck at cooking." <laughs> It may look pretty. You wear your you wear, you wear your Sunday finest at church, and you can check the boxes, and do the right things, and wear the garments, and you know how to you, wear, you know how to. I was about to say smoke, but I to quote scripture. <laughs> we know how to do it. We know how to make it look good. The appearance of some of you, and I've done it in seizures too. You've gotten good at quoting and knowing enough scripture to make your being spiritedness look righteous and like love. Oh, I'm not talking about the appearance of love. Because you can be the nicest person on the outside and the meanest person in any room. You can have homecoming queen sweetness and be heartless on the inside. You can have arms and biceps and abs that make you look amazing, but you are the most insecure person in the room. I'm not talking about the appearance of love. I'm not talking about the appearance of being put together. I'm talking about Jesus said this is the real thing. Have yeah, that read like me, but if you love biceps don't make you bigger your spirit in your love, or what make you what God created you. Amen. Well tell so somebody say, Lean in. Amen. lean in. Jesus also says this: you have heard the law. I want you to say this is the way he saw it, this is the way he commanded it. He said, You have learned, you have heard, and we're taught this that the law, you have heard the law that says. The punishment must match the injury. In other words, whatever you get, the consequences got to match it. By the way, we still teach that today. Not just in churches, in our American culture. We don't teach nearly as much grace and mercy as we do. You do this, you get those. We do. We troll social media and post nasty comments about people. We want justice to be served. We want them to get theirs. You daydream about it. All you do is talk about it. You'll take them to court so that everybody knows what they did. So that your ex and everybody that knows your ex knows that they're a po and you are the amazing all American mom and dad. Because we have been called. We have been called in church. We have got a spirit that is not love. I'm not beating on you today. I'm beating on me because we are peers as I preach this together. We have been told, Jesus says, in God's church, 2023, you have been taught that the punishment, must much, much less, the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that's how we live our life, that's how we choose our friends, that's how we treat people who don't treat us, who are not easy, who are unlovely, and end up breaking you in 10, 15, 20 years, you're as unlovely as they were two decades before. Because this is what we've been taught. We got the New Testament, and we're still teaching this in church all the time. And God is wanting us to know, this. American church culture, we need to lean into love. It's the only way. And He said, You've been taught this. You've built your life on this empty, incomplete gospel. And He said, But I say, Do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. I grew up in Sunday school and people said, Well, Jesus was talking about words here, then why didn't he say cheat? Why does he say if they're you? He didn't say if they talk bad about you, he said, If they slap you, let them slap you. Oh, I'm about to get really anti American church culture because Jesus did not have no choice but to preach what he did, not what I think. Amen. I can't preach to my ego. All I've got to preach to his word, but I'm really not being true. And I've done that before and it doesn't work either. If you were sued in court, if they take you to court and slander you, And your shirt is taken from you, Jesus said. Your heart and spirit, true authority, doing as he has done, is give your coat. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear gear for a mile, so if your boss that is ahead of you, Tries to bully you at work. If he tries to lord his authority over you, this is what the application is. He said, if people try to use what they have, the experience they have against you, and the and the talent they have against you, and they make you carry their gear, and they ask too much of you, he said, carry it a mile further, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. In the American culture, we call that weak and liberal. In the gospel and the kingdom, Jesus calls it wrong. Tell somebody right now, say, Lena. I told you, God put this on me after writing three messages that I decided I wasn't going to preach. It's going to hit you hard. It hit me hard always. Say, Lena. Right. It's easy to lean away from what I'm preaching, but you need to lean in. It is the only thing that will truly change you and change the people around you, and in essence, change the world. And, and truly, Jesus on the cross completely wide open says, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." He didn't force himself on them, and when they forced him on the cross, "Forgive them, Father. I trust you." God much that I'm going to read I love them enough to go to the cross and I don't have to prove a thing. I don't have to poke out my chest. I can turn around. I can watch the feet of the person that put me on this cross, that watched how, how I treated people, that knew my character. He betrayed me and I watched his feet. Leave him. This is what changes our world. Your world. Your life. Do you have compassion? Or have you turned callous because you've been hurt so much? Because the Bible says about Jesus, he saw the ugliness of all mankind and got put on a cross because of it. And it says that he saw the crowd, listen, it says that he saw the crowd and he was struck with compassion. Compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a Do you have compassion? Do you have compassion? you Look at the crowd, whatever crowds you look at young people, young generation, old generation, Republican and Democrat, President Trump or President Biden, white people, black people, Hispanic people, gay people, straight people, the people that wear their pants really low, like I do, are the ones that wear it over their belly belly button that I think I don't even know how you walk around with your pants that (laughs) high. Do you have? Don't fake it, don't lie to yourself and say you do. Because before this message is out, you'll have you can either hate me and you can walk away and disregard what I'm preaching to you, or you you just like Jesus, people did one of two things when he preached stuff like this. They either change or left. They either ran to him or ran from him. When you look at the crowd, when you look at the people who hurt you, when you when they don't they hate you. When they won't hire you or play your kid because of politics. When they drive way too freaking slow. I'm talking to myself, that application is for me. I know that I'm unreasonably fast paced, but unreasonably slow people really get on my nerves. It's why I don't put a bumper sticker that says catalyst on my truck, because I'm not going to click you the but when I get my open lane, I'm taking it. <laughs> and you will see the side of my chubby face flying by you, and i make you do a peace sign if you're real slow, because you may be retired, but I'm not. <laughs> That's my heart. I think Laura Miller just said, was oh, that Laura Miller? I thought I heard her voice.
1: <laughs>
0: I love you, Laura, but if you drive slow, I'm coming past you. <laughs> Walmart, I'll leave I make Garrett Jarrett and games and everything. I'm, I'm, I worked at Walmart for 13 and a half years. I did things like, that, Dad, Dad, I mean, I'm I got stuff to do. <laughs> That's my heart. Do you have compassion? I can answer the question on that. It depends on the day and how. people, when people, when people don't believe like you or vote like you, when their views and values fundamentally oppose you, you have compassion, you have compassion, so you see them as people and, and, and people, children made in the image of God just like you, or like do we have that mindset that there's not a child, they're not a child of God, until they actually received God. Get out of here. God made them long before they realized anything or realized anything. Amen. Get out of here with that stuff. When I read Jesus, it just it, it, when people say the gospel is offensive, it's offensive to people that should know better. you just raise your hand right now if you're in this place and you believe in Jesus, we should know better. And the people that should know better are the ones that crucified him because they didn't want to see him. Do you have compassion? Do you care about because Jesus cared. He cared. He cared. Or do you cram up, shut down, and fire back at people? Because when I look at all church people and I read most of their social media posts, well, I say that. I have read. I don't scroll very much anymore. It ruins my day. Yes, I make sure the church posts are up to Jesus didn't engage in talking about issues it's way too much that he didn't talk about. And you can try to cherry pick all day, Jesus, when I read this, we are not reading into love. Do you have compassion? Because out of the abundance of the heart church, the, the most and social media, folks, the mouth speaks in your keyboard language, is your mouth language. Do you have compassion? Or do you clam up, shut down, run away from conflict, run away from the situations in your life and the people that are causing them? Do you shut down and fire back? Are you guarded? If you want to ask the right questions? Are you guarded? Because guardedness is not, is, is not love. Playing it safe is not love. Not good. Jesus touched people. And he allowed people to touch him that were unclean, which in that time period made him ceremonially unclean. So the people that Jesus got, Jesus was close to people. If you're only close to people that make you feel comfortable and safe and are going to vote in the same side of the primary as you, I'm just going to hey, get y'all. If you really want to see how much love you got, I get to see it about how you act as this election ramps up next year. Don't care what you believe, I care who your Messiah is.
1: You may look like
0: listen to me. Jesus was people. He allowed people that were unclean to touch him, which means if they were ceremonially, um, ceremonially unclean, whether they had the woman with a you of the it means that he was ceremonial. Which he wouldn't be allowed to worship in the temple. Yet he touched them he allowed them to touch him. And we choose to go to church with people many times that look like us, talk like us, dress like us, are against what we're against in formal reform because we do not have love in our hearts. We need to recommit, surrender, and in the love. Jesus was criticized. I tell somebody one time, say, amen. amen. Jesus was criticized and called and crucified for being a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Yet when I look at the church in America, the church is become enemies enemy to many people. People don't want to come, they don't feel welcome to come. They feel like there's a bunch of conditions and timelines for not just coming but for staying it so if they don't check the boxes in a certain amount of time then they get it's very clear that they're not welcome anymore everybody's trying to skip out serving in our community on Sunday lunches I'm talking about Carrollton Georgia and I'll just read about this in the nation and read about it in magazines you No, know, we have a catapilm some that you don't see today because they are serving. They put food on the table for their kids. They have told me firsthand from people that I pastor of how most restaurant servers are trying not to get the Sunday shift because of the lack of generosity from the church. I didn't know. I've heard about it for years. I had no doubt. I I had no idea until I sat down and really had a conversation recently. And, and Christians are putting tracks on the table with a couple of dollars on big-ticket items. And there are mothers that are working doubles and not coming to church. I got this story the last couple of weeks. Actually, I got a couple months ago, and I forgot about it. And I reached out to this person, who, by the way, they're not here today because they're busting their butt, serving us lunch. And they told me, they said, Jim, they said, one day, this person asked me, this back asked me, why aren't you in church And she's serving them, their meals, And she, thank God, I think it's because she goes to Catholics. I hope she was more honest because of that. I would like to believe so because I'm honest whether you like it or not. I'm honest when I'm not really honest. I'm going to say, you'll know what I'm left. She said, you don't, sir, you don't understand that I have coworkers that don't believe in of the church crowd and how so they're
1: treating
0: us, and it's right here in Carrollton, Georgia. We are the ones saying, Why don't you come to the church? Yet they get to look at our lack of generosity because when I talk about money, hey, I don't have to talk about money that much. You go know, to any other church, you're going to get a lot more, and honestly, so I should preach about lot more. That's what I call. People get mad because we will bite you over money and food. Bite somebody's hand on they try to get your food. We lack generosity. And we wonder why people are so cautious and why they watch online for months before people come even into Catholics to a place like this that's just wide open who we are because we want someone. We have become entitled and ungrateful, like the elder son who dropped his son's story. I'm talking to myself, one. We get ungrateful. We go through seasons of great mountaintops and we forgot who got us there. Or we get lost in our hurt, and we forgot the one who can bring us out of the hole. And we have become entitled and ungrateful. And we have lost our love. We become greedy. We see what everybody outside the church sees and see how we treat each other. And see how we don't trust each other. We don't talk to each other. We're not just guarded around unchurched people. You're guarded around people at church. You're the first one. You're the last one in the door and the first one out. You know why it's anxiety? It's more than anxiety. It's lack of trust. because. you of The spirit of the Lord is God's love. There is liberty, to And we are guarded because we don't truly trust God. We don't live in the authority that I can get up here and preach to you, but it is a lot harder to get out and practice when I step off of the So Tell somebody to say, "Lean in. I know it's happening right now. Say, Reem in. in. Church has become like a family. I mean, the church at large, that family that, uh, that that protects everybody from the outside. Anybody tries to hurt your family, they put everybody on the outside. Better watch out. When all the hurt in the family comes from the people on the inside. That's what people see. All the hurt comes from the people inside the church, and we wonder, we wonder why people are, are scared to come to church and why the government there is roots in the government now that believe that organized religion and Christianity is the problem, and they are. Trying to now fight against freedom from religion, not of religion. And when I really look at the church, we give them valid reasons by playing victim a lot. Jesus on the cross, Jesus when he turned to Judas, did not play the victim. Not once. He didn't play pitiful, he didn't play pathetic. He leaned in to love. And he said, Do you? I have done. Tell somebody one time say, Read in. Read in. Knowledge isn't love. I want you to hear me right now. Knowledge, I don't care if you know theology like the back of your hand. Paul said, If I have all understanding and knew all the mysteries and secrets, but had not love. Around this planet, has in their entire body today. And he said, If I know it all but don't have love, I am nothing. I'm not In Acts chapter 17, the scripture's just been getting me different lately. It's just been jumping out off the pages to me, things that I missed my entire life. It, when Paul was in Athens here, Athens was the melting pot of the entire world. He witnessed the pagan capital. And it says this about the Athenians. It was a diverse city. It says, all the people of Athens and those from other countries who live there always use their time to talk about what? Say that with me. The what? The newest ideas. If that's not as 2023, we talk about the new thing. We're so focused on all the new information and all the new things because we're avoiding the main thing the simple stuff. We overcomplicate. We use we'd say CNI now. We use all the information scheme stats, to to prove our points. We use it to avoid. We can give people information overload as they walk away. We do circles, trust me, I do counseling all the time in conflict resolution. People will do circles so that you will spend an hour with them and you don't even know what you need to talk to them about. We do it. We're always talking about the new things. The new ideas. Get ready. The next year with the election, everybody's going to be talking about everything, but what Jesus simplified: love others as I have loved you. Yep. We have a core value in the Catholic Church: keep it simple. The gospel is simple. We complicate things and overcompensate because we have not loved. And I'm telling you. You learn anything. That's good. I, I don't, listen to me, I don't care. The Bible says about knowledge It says, knowledge puppeth off. Yeah. Knowledge pokes out its chest and has a point to prove.
1: Paul, yeah. after the church at
0: Corinth, he said, he said, he, he said the letter, the book, reading the Bible is a textbook. He said the letter kills with the spirit, love of God. That's what gets. like. Not your interpretation, but a connection with the creator that changes your life. The Pharisees knew the Old Testament inside and out. They could quote it to you. They could sit here if we had a week. They could quote all the Old Testament to you with Hebrew. You'd never know a thing they said, and they would quote it from memory. But they missed the entire point. The answer to their prayers and their ancestors all the way back to Abraham was standing right in front of them his name was Jesus. And they missed the entire point. They missed the answer to their prayers. They missed Jesus. They lacked love. And Catholic Church, all of us, not just the church, us and our hearts, we lack love. And we are missing so much of what God wants for us right here, right now. Because we're missing. Interpret misquote and misapply Paul and the apostles in the Old Testament all you want to. We've gotten good at cherry picking and working our way. We use the whole information thing in the Bible too. We love the new ideas and the new interpretations. But I'm gonna tell you you can't misquote things like this when Paul, you can't misinterpret things like this when Paul says, Be kind and tender hearted tender to each other, forgiving others as Christ forgave you. You can't misinterpret that it's pretty simple for you. You can't can't misinterpret when Paul says, to honor others more than you honor yourself and to be interested in other people's lives. You can't, you can't, you can't get away and and you can't misinterpret that when you're on social media and you're just fishing for comments and every story, you find a way, somebody else's story, to one-up them and center it around you. That's pretty simple. When you do what Paul said, it's simple. If you don't get the promotion and they win, whether you deserve it or not, young people, if the coach puts in somebody and you're second string and they're better than you're better than them and you should be playing, if you really love God the way Jesus said to love people, you should celebrate them more than you would celebrate you if you got the promotion and put on first string. That is love. That is trusting Jesus. When you look at the atheist that is angry about it and you know he's mad at God or she's mad at God, you look at them and you celebrate and you honor the growth in your parents' addiction that even though they are so far from where they should be, you celebrate one step like they're already there. That is love. And we it. Christians. What? Paul. You can't miss quote when Paul says, "Don't overcome evil with evil. Overcome evil by doing good." Because when you start talking against the other side of the spectrum on the political issues and all the social issues and the generational stuff that we don't like. There is no balance in doing the same thing that the other side is doing. And when you look at Washington, D.C., I don't care about policy, I'm a leadership guy. Both parties right now are applying the same leadership principles, which is called which is making the other the we're vilifying the other side and making them the problem. Look at what it's cost us. We do it to our friends, we do it to our coworkers to undermine and try to get get over them and talk over them and throw them under the bus. We do that everywhere. That is poor leadership and it's not love. I don't care what your policy is about. I don't care how you treat people. I'm talking to me. We got to we got to we got to and not just the next year, right now. Paul said, do not overcome evil by doing evil. Do not do what the other side of any issue want is doing. That's not how you do it. He turned to the man that was about to put him on the cross and did something to your slave that he had have to do in that time period. Paul said, I always, you can't misinterpret this. Paul said to the church of Corinth, said, Corinth he said, I always try to do right. I always try. My first goal, he said, I always try to do right by God and man. God and man. In other words, what we say is, I'm just trying to honor God. I don't care about nobody else. No, 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 no. Paul, obviously, if you've got to go between God and other people, you've got to go with God. But the original goal, what Paul says love is, is if I can, I'm going to do right by every guy. I'm not going to honor God and crap on somebody else. I'm not going to bottom feed on business and do a business deal that blesses me but makes somebody else a little more broke than they were before they made a deal with me. That's not godly. It's not love. That's greed. Paul said, I always try. Peter, man, I love Peter. We to the message. The man was praying. I love him because I'm praying. Man chopped off ears. He couldn't close his mouth. I'm trying to work on it. I talk too much. I don't let other people talk. I interrupt too much. It's real bad. Peter did it. Peter was a little manic. Probably would have been a diagnosed case now. Up and down, down and up, sideways and every way. The guy was crazy. But when Jesus changed his life, he writes in 1 Peter 2 he says, Respect everyone. There is nowhere in the Bible that says just respect the office. Ever. Peter, the dude that chopped off the soldier's ear, that tried to arrest his Savior, when Jesus changed his life and he wrote his letters, first and second Peter, he said, respect everybody, whether they respect you or not, whether you stand for what they stand for or not, whether you like them or not, respect everyone. Peter, when he died, we know in church history that he faced the people the Roman Empire. And he told them, I'm not even worthy to die the way my... He went from chopping all ears to say, I don't deserve to die the way Jesus died. They crucified him upside down. He talked about love. And he said, respect everyone. Love other believers, is what he says. Why are we competing against other church people? Why are we trying to build? Why are we competing against people and arguing and bickering over politics and theology and things that really don't matter if we have the love of Jesus in our hearts and we're growing and trying? Why, he says, love other believers, honor God, and respect the King. Respect your authority. So when I've seen 75% of Christians talking about how senile President Joe Biden is or how evil President Trump is, and that you want to see him get put in jail for the rest of his life and this Joker be made a fool of because he's 80 years old and tries to leave this country and everybody the Christians are picking on one and the other or both that is not respecting the King. It is not loving God. It is not loving people. And we wonder why people look at us and are afraid to come talk to us about anything. Jesus loves you. That's also on your Twitter feed, but how's it looking in your life? And I'm talking to me right now. I all like a baby right because it's hard to leave a church and to see me I'll talk about like the ends of right a <laughs> time really? Lean in. People are going to hurt you. They hurt them. But love is still the end. Love is still the end. Lean in. Learning to lean into love is love learning when to let go. Learning when to let go. I told you the scripture's been jumping out. This isn't in your notes. I will give you the reference where you can look it up later because I hope you will so you know I'm not making stuff up. In Acts chapter 21, the Bible says that they tried to beg Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where Paul would be arrested. He would spend the next several years in jail, and it would lead to him being beheaded. And everybody told Paul, and don't look it up in Acts 21, everybody told Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. Paul, do not go to Jerusalem. Do not go to Jerusalem. It is too dangerous. You are going to get hurt. It is not good for you. And they realized Paul was a strong Stubborn, being bonnet, and gensome, like some of you. And he had his mind made up. And in Acts 21, verse 14, you can look it up later. It says, when it was clear we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. It hit me like a ton of bricks. They had to let Paul do what Paul was going to do. Guess what? He got arrested. He spent the next several years in jail. All the things God used it. The Lord's will be done. God used it. He wrote books in jail. Some of the best writings. He's locked up. He got shipwrecked. There's some great stories. But they had to let him go. He got arrested in Jerusalem. He almost got killed over and over. And eventually he would end up in a Roman jail cell. He would be tortured and beheaded. And Catholics church, we need to let some things and some people go in our life. We need to quit trying to control our kids. We need to quit trying to control situations. We need to put trying so hard to keep our marriage and everything together. That's some things in this church that I have taken my hands off of. It's some things that we're just not there yet. But if being holds it together, I'm gonna go crazy, and everybody's gonna not like me. We have to learn leaning into love is learning when to let go. You cannot be your child's god. You cannot be your husband and your wife's god. You are a good person, but you are a bad guy. And it said when, when they realized Paul was going to do what Paul was going to do, they just began to pray and they let right I've seen broken people who you can't control anything in your life, so you go chop with them because at least you can control that thing that you still. We're always trying to control. It. And the Bible says when they realized, they let go. They let Paul do what he's going to do. And Paul got himself killed, but they still trusted Paul God. They knew their place in they knew God's place. Reading in the law. Is learning when to walk away and not take it personally. In Acts chapter 13, you can look it up later. Watch how they watch how the disciples and apostles began to grow and do what Jesus did. Acts chapter 13, they begin to push him on the city. They weren't receiving the disciples at all. The city was not going to receive at all from them. And it says this in verse, uh, Acts 13, verse 51 and 52, if you want to look it up later. It says, so they shook the dust from their feet. Remember Jesus telling them to do that when people didn't receive them? It said so they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection. And they went to the town like of Icon the next time and moved forward. Letting go and learning to walk away and not take it personally, that's moving forward. When you walk away and you social media stalk and get mad and want to get what they had coming to them, that's not moving forward. That's moving backwards. You're just moving backwards without your enemy next to you. Instead somebody stabs you when you sit sitting there trying to try stab back. It says they went to the town of Iconium and watch this. Change my because it's just been jumping out at me lately. it says, and the believers that move forward said they were filled with the spirit. Not bitterness, not anxiety and frustration and fatigue. They're not pissed off. They moved forward and they were filled with the spirit with joy. Paul was in prison when he wrote the book of the letter to the Philippian church, and he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always and again I'll say rejoice. That's
1: love.
0: That's love. And what we have is frustration anxiety. We don't have peace. We're trying to come, we're trying to get likes and shares on social media, trying to get a boyfriend or a, a girl, or girlfriend to acknowledge you and affirm you. We're trying to just grasp it. And we come to church every Sunday and talk about everybody else's loss. We're all lost when we're not growing his love and Just say it when you say when you Amen. Can you just say that like can you can y'all receive you know, from this? I know this is hard. Can you receive it, kind listen. You know I mean, I mean with all my heart. I ain't right about everything, but I'm not trying to be wrong. Lean in. It is not easy. It is not popular to lean into love. You will not be received in religious culture, in church culture, man. Jesus wasn't received when you start giving people grace and mercy, and you start trying to advocate for people and empathize towards people. It is not popular. When you start when you start talking about the heart of the issues instead of taking sides on every issue, oh man, that stuff ain't popular. It's why I don't get a lot of invites to other churches to preach, and I, I, I'm okay with that. I made peace Because I know one thing if I'm going to swing too hard in one area, it's going to be grace, mercy, and love. Mm-hmm. Faith, hope, and love. When you're not outspoken about your politics, Chapter 17, verse 5. I told you it's just been jumping out. The most, the biggest enemy of the so religious people crucified Jesus. Make no mistake about it. They used the Roman Empire as a pawn. The, the Jews crucified Jesus as own people. The Romans were the authority. The greatest enemy of the New Testament church was the overly religious people, not the Jews trying to kill them, but the religious people inside the churches that John calls an anti-Christ. So busy looking for the Antichrist that we don't realize some of the greatest undermining that goes on in our life and our spirituality is people that undermine the gospel and our value and worth in Jesus. And it was the same then. And I say that to say this in Acts 17, chapter of Acts 17, uh, verse 5, if you want to look up later, it says, But some of the Jews were jealous because anybody, remember when John the Baptist was preaching in the desert and all the rabbis, educated and got all the crap together, put together type thing, or at least the appearance of it. They come out, who's this dude? They don't know nothing. And they're taking all our crowds. And, and John the Baptist, they're mad, they're jealous. So the New Testament church, it says the Jews were jealous. And it says, so they gathered two troublemakers from the marketplace to pull a mob and start a riot against the New Testament church. We do that all the time. We just have technology. We succeed a discord at our job when we don't like something? We post so that we can be the first one to incriminate somebody so that we can get comments and people that just song them up in the tune. We start riots, we rally troops to our side so that we can feel better about ourselves. We do this all the time, y'all. Because we like love. We want. Plan, will you go ahead and come up, please? Go ahead, come up the front steps. You guys don't have to walk around. I know I am a man today. Lean into love. It's not popular when you want to build and be a part of a church that wants to make room for anybody that wants to grow. I'll be honest with you, Catalyst, we can grow a lot faster if we checked all the boxes. But one thing I've realized is checking the boxes is it's just not. Love is patient. Love is time, not
1: happiness.
0: Love is not jealous or boastful for proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. By the way, the end not irritable. Lord, right now, I. Irritability. Can I just got some people you've been more irritable and frustrated in this like Jesus say, I'm sorry, Lord, right now with me. Uh, Sorry, I'm so irritable. Paul says love is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice. It does not ignore injustice and people's pain and try to explain people's perspective and pain in a way that you do not understand, but rejoices whenever the truth Jesus is the truth, not your truth. His truth His love. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful. It's not negative. It's not pessimistic. And it says it endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. This is what our Savior stood for. And He asked us if we truly love Him, we get up from the table, we believe it, and we do as He has done. In 2021, in 2021, I just got upstairs. I that, We started tapping us am telling you, we just blew off, man, quit. We had a vision to strong, Still a strong message yet to come. I got to see trying to build diversity. that so we had all this. I know we got some. We had a little bit of everything. We, we, we had to fight both sides of the issue. We still did that. That's just one job. There the people that felt like we needed more rules, and people that got pissed off if we, if we made any rules and standards. And honestly, what happened. it was all, I grew up really rough, but there was nothing that could ever prepare me for what I was to the church of Ephesus. It was a great church, a growing church. And he said, I have this one thing against church, you've been faithful. You've done all the right things, you've done it. You hit your legs head on. He did the heart you got a terrible Not my frustration, not my fear. His yes, love. A couple weeks ago, fast forward a couple of years later. A couple weeks ago, I met a pastor in town that's Dylan with very similar situations, and he told me, "God, to pray for him." He's older than me, but I he's walking in when I walk through. And he looked at me and he said, "Will you pray for me?" He knew our story. I was able to fill in some gaps, and he said, "Dylan, I get told by everybody, don't trust, don't trust. He's in a transition." church, he said, but I'm the type of person, man, I just want to trust, I want to trust. I said, man, don't you, I can speak from experience, I know what it looks like, I said, don't you dare start trusting don't you dare, that's what makes you a pastor. That's what makes you a shepherd. When you're guarded and you hold back, no. Don't you listen to people that say that's weak leadership. That is the strongest leadership to get beat and put down, and people don't like you and they misinterpret you. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is wrong. And I pray to God, I say, don't you let this world take you what it didn't you. Get? Tells us healed. You know, and so I know I preached a minute today. Big Papa, when you bring me some communion. I forgot. The only way in this message is to recommit to that table. Jesus provided space to come back to the table to receive this love, to remember what he did. You come back and you remember how much he loved you. This is what communion was for. If you want to recommit and you want to resurrender to that type of love, because that is what we're healed that is how you humble yourself and pray. And God said, "I'm going to come and I'm going to heal your pain." We got to come back to the table. Jesus brought his disciples to the table, and he said, "This is my body." You got to remember. I know a lot of people hurt you. They beat you. You got hurt. Life has beat you. Health issues have is beat you. Your marriage has beat you. Your financial situation has beat you. And Jesus said, remember, do this and remember to me. He said, they hurt me too. He told his disciples, when the world hates you, remember they hated me first. He said, you will go through trials and tribulations. He said, but be a cheer, because I overcame the world. He said, this is my body to his closest friends. This is my body. that was me. This is how much I love this is how much this is what love looks like. Take anything.
1: My hands This
0: is the boy. The New Testament says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. In other words, it takes sacrifice to forgive, man. To swallow your pride, to swallow your ego, to actually confess and let people confess to you, or to forgive them when they don't confess and don't think they did anything wrong, it takes a sacrifice. So the spilling of Jesus' blood was a sacrifice. And he tells them, he says, this is the new covenant. In my blood. This is love. This isn't love your neighbor as I as, as you love yourself. This is love. Love others as I have loved you. This I never want you to forget to forget it. Come back to the table as much as possible. Come back to the table. Take your place. Take your love back. Take your life back. Take your landstand back. This is the blood of the new covenant. He said, drinking all of it. And by that, Amen. And he love, everybody can come country because this. You are loved and you are forgiven. When you stand to your feet and give God some praise right now, can we give Him some praise? I know that some fans are full. over all of it. He loves you. His presence changes everything. His love is enough. Let's sing it together. We hope today's message spoke to you. If you want to know more about Catalyst, you can go to Iamcatalyst.net and we'd love to have you in the room one Sunday. God is for you and so are we. We'll see you next time.